the road and go. Where am I to go, meet Johnny? Where am I to go? For I'm a young and a sailor lad, and where am I to go? Welcome to Where Am I To Go podcast. I am so grateful you have chosen to listen to me and to go on the travels and see the things and go to the museums that we have managed to go through for the last two seasons. I have really enjoyed doing this podcast and I hope you stick with me. It makes me happy to know that people are enjoying what I do. On another note, I want to make sure that everybody knows that we are on Facebook at Where Am I To Go podcast. We have lots of pictures. We have places that we go that we don't do podcasts on. And we have lots of things to see and think about when you decide you're going to travel or if you're just interested in learning about different places that we go. Also, we have an email account at whereamitogopodcast at gmail.com. And if anybody has any comments, ideas, thoughts, you are more than welcome to email me there, and I will do my best to answer, and we'll see where everything goes this season. I've got some neat things lined up, and I hope everybody is ready to go for a museum tour ride. Today we are at Fort Stanton in uh, Capitan, or are we in Lincoln? So we're actually right outside Fort Stanton itself. Oh, okay. So, Fort Stanton, so New we're Mexico. at Fort Stanton, New Mexico. Yes, sir. And I'm with Javier. Is that pronounced right? Yes, sir. Javier. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he is going to take us on the tour here. This just pulling up into this fort, it is absolutely magnificent. Uh, big parade grounds, buildings all the way around. It's probably one of the most complete forts. I think I've seen. I've been to, to quite a few, and most of the buildings in a lot of these are, are tore down, and you just have foundations. But you guys, all the buildings are all the way around the, the parade square, and, and this is just fantastic. The architecture's great. Why don't you tell us about your fort? Yeah, so uh, to add on to that, uh, no two buildings are exactly the same, and for us that represents the entire history of Fort Stanton. So while we originally started as a military fort in 1855, we are also a federal TB hospital up until 1953. And then in later years, it's numerous things, uh, a state-run TB hospital, a mental health hospital. This was a training school for developmentally disabled. Holy and, smokes. Um, it was actually a women's correctional facility for about three years. The uh, last thing it was was a drug rehab center before the state of New Mexico declared it a historic site in about 2009. So wow. we have been a museum for, since about 2010. Okay. Well, let's head on in. Absolutely. Get out of the wind. I think the wind might be messing with my microphones. All right. Yeah. So, so if you'll follow me, we'll head to the barracks. Okay. How many, uh, how many men were stationed here? So there would have been um, at least four companies. So you would have had two infantry and two uh, uh, mounted rifles divisions. Okay. And how many people are in a division? About 30 at any given time. Okay, so you had approximately uh, 120, 140 people. Absolutely. Okay. Wow. Yeah, so welcome to 1855, or 1858, I'm sorry. We're roughly trying to depict how the fort would have looked maybe three years after it's built. Okay. Uh, everything in here is actually built in-house by our uh, staff. Um, we build it with modern materials, but to the specifications of the time. 
Okay, and we're in a we're in a room that's probably uh, forty foot long and fifteen foot wide, that has bunk beds as everybody would know them, bar- uh, barracks, I guess, or, yeah. or uh, whatever, uh, as the military might call them. And you've got them all kind of set up. You've got them set up with what would have been the mattresses. What would they have used for the mattresses? So not everybody is going to get a mattress. It's uh, actually one of the luxuries. Oh, um, really? Yeah, over here would have been a mattress. And as you can see, we have one that's flat. Right. You actually fill it up with anything that you can get at the time. Straw, hay, whatever you can come by. Um, I do like to show, you know, it appears rather large. Right. But that's actually going to be for two people. They're Are gonna, you serious? Yes. Okay, this is this is a size bed that's probably between a twin and a full. It's not quite a full-size bed. That is correct. And they were both sleeping in there at the same time? Yes, so they would be back-to-back, head-to-toe, and this is at a time when you're probably only going to bathe once a month. Okay, and how many murders took place in this <laughs> barracks? I can only imagine quite a few. <laughs> at least fist fights. Yeah, absolutely. Holy smokes. You got a table set up in the corner with cards where I'm sure the the soldiers were playing poker or whatever. Oh, of course. Um, And this is actually uh, one of the hands-on exhibits. We encourage our visitors to come and try on the uniform. Oh, really? To to try laying down on the bed. Uh, Sit down and play around the cards. Okay. Uh, Yeah. um, So you guys have a lot of interactive stuff here, too. We we did uh, pre-COVID, and we're trying to bring a lot of that back. That's kind of our main focus with our living history program and other programs as well. And you guys have living history uh, events throughout the year? Yeah, so we have one main event, which is the second weekend in July. We call that Fort Stanton Live, which is held on a Saturday. Um, then we bring in a lot of reenactors, and uh, we can get anywhere from two to 5,000 visitors on that one day. Oh, wow. Yeah. In the meantime, what we try and do is have at least one event uh, per month where okay. individuals can come and Either um, they dress in historical attire and we can set up like a camp uh, for them where they can cook outside. Um, at one point, we have a volunteer who owns his own cannon. And uh. if, we, if we have enough people and we have them trained adequately, then we would fire off the cannon for visitors. Really? Yeah. Do you ever have anvil uh, blow-ups? No, thankfully not. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see one of those so bad. <laughs> You've got a, a very nice flag hanging over here. Uh, it'd take me too long to count the stars. Maybe you could tell me how many are there. Absolutely. So it is a 31-star flag, and what we're showing here is that would have been the type of flag that would have flown over the fort when the fort is established. And when was the fort established? The fort is established in 1855. So this is pre-Civil War. Yes, we are a pre-Civil War fort, and we are mainly uh, during dealing with westward expansion and uh, Indian affairs issues. Okay, so New Mexico, was it a state at that point in time? No, sir, we do not. You were be- a territory. We are a territory. We won't become a state until 1912, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I guess then the territory would have been under federal jurisdiction, so they would have been, fed- uh, they would have been on the non-slavery side of things versus even though they're a far south state. Correct, yes, sir. Okay. Sounds interesting. Linda's over here groaning. She just sat down on the bed. I think she broke her tailbone. I guess the cushion's not that soft. It really isn't. (laughs) So much for your interactive experience. (laughs) And if I can, I'll draw your attention to the back here. They have the sergeant's quarters. Okay. And this is a separate room that's about, what, 12 by 12? 12 by 12. 
So it's originally, um, he would have been stationed away from his men. As you can see, we have it laid out for two individuals. Um, what we've actually done is incorporate what would have been the infantry and the mounted rifles. Okay. So there actually would have just been one bed in here at the time. Okay. Yeah. And this bed's the same size as what the other ones were, all except the he just got to sleep all by himself. That is correct. Yes, sir. How lucky can he be? That yeah. gives you a reason to want to be promoted. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then you've got another table over here with a checkerboard. You've got a stove in the middle. Yeah. So now, are the temperatures pretty extreme around here? So uh, we have been in below zero uh, a few times, but uh, in the summer we can range into uh, low, mid, low to mid-90s. Okay. And um, the stove itself is actually from the 1930s. Okay. Yeah, so. But they would have had heat in here. They would have I actually would, had assuming. heat. And actually, so as you can see, we have it against the wall. At the time, it actually would have been more in the middle of the building, and the stovepipe would have ran down the side of the building so that you would have on the inside or the outside on the inside on the the inside so you would have pulled that extra heat off of it yes sir okay that's pretty pretty cool ingenuitive whatever and then you've got a rifle rack over here on the end with uh five muskets in it and are those flintlock or percussion? They would have been using flintlock at this point in time, right? Uh, they actually have a percussion caps. No, oh, they do have percussion caps yeah. at this point in time. Yeah, this is a Springfield 1842 model. Okay. It weighs about 10 to 11 pounds. And uh, as, uh, I don't know if Mike mentioned or not, you are required to fire three rounds within a minute. So you have to shoot and reload in 20 seconds. You better make sure that powder's all burnt out before you pour that next bunch down. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like you said, you've got several different uh, coats, jackets, pants, uh, canteens and stuff hanging on the wall for people to costumize and and take pictures, I'm assuming? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we encourage that. Um, We uh, love to see people have a good time while they're out here and to learn a little bit about history in a fun way. That's cool. I really like the interactive stuff. Okay, we come back into the next area. Yeah, so this is what we call our quartermaster's exhibit. And the way I explain it to the young visitors is they are like the Walmart and the Home Depot of the time. With the exception. Right. Yeah. <laughs> with, with the exception of no selection. Yeah, there you go. No, no selection. And we say with, uh, you know, without your, uh, the exception of guns and ammo, you know, we'll issue you uh, your other uh, supplies as needed. Okay. And you've got uh, cabinets or... or uh spaces in the back that are 12 uh, 12 inches by 12 inches 14 by 14 that have different uh, coats pants flags canteens uh, lanterns just all kinds of different products now these were mostly issued as an on need on a need basis on a need basis yeah and then you've got big barrels of Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to make an assumption that these are all whiskey barrels. Oh, they, uh, we, we sure hope they are. <laughs> um, but, you know, there would have been things like the salts or the grains that yourself you would have to Salt pork. And salt pork. The rations that you would need to keep it going. Yeah. Well, I'll bet the, I'll bet the soldiers were wishing they were full of whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing I'd like to say is that, you know, the reason we d- decided to put the quartermaster exhibit here. Uh, this is actually would have been at the time an extension of the barracks. Right. Next door would have been the quartermaster's, its own separate building. Uh, but we have another building covering that. So this is as historically accurate as we could put it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, this back wall here is original 1855 wall to the fort. And as you see, they have made uh, additions or structure 
over time. Right. And it was all a rock building uh, covered with uh, stucco or adobe, I'm assuming? Or? Yeah, so some of the buildings on the fort grounds are made out of adobe, and the rest were uh, limestone. There's a limestone kiln within okay. about three-quarter mile from here. Wow. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I'll point out to you is in this back corner here, we have a slice, a slice of tin. When this becomes the Federal TB Hospital, this building actually would have served as the dining room. And at oh. that point, the tin would have covered all the walls and the ceiling, and that's circa about 1930s. Okay, and when he's talking about tin, uh, you've walked into old buildings and seen the old tin, the old tin square uh, pressed with flowers or triangles or whatever. Uh, that's that's what this is. Is it's the same type of tin, and it went on all the walls and every place. Correct. Yeah. Was that for sanitation reasons, or you know, I'm not too entirely sure. It's something I'd have to check out. Okay. Yeah. And when did this turn into the TB hospital? So it became the TB hospital in 1899, and it runs all the way up to 1953 as a federal TB hospital. Okay. Yeah. And how did people get stuck here? I mean, were they diagnosed with TP and corn TB? TB and quarantined here, or were they uh, self-admitted? Or Yeah, so we are initially set up for merchant marines. So anybody okay. that had served uh, on a ship would have been set here initially. At a later date, we do open up to the general public. Okay, now uh, there's a confused look on my face. Mm -hmm. We're sitting in New Mexico, mm -hmm. and where's the nearest ship? Well, you would probably have to go all the way down to Galveston is what I'm assuming, or out to San Francisco. The okay. Reason, yeah. So uh, how come this is a merchant marine situation? Yeah. So uh, the doctors at the time, one of the beliefs was high elevation and a dry climate was good for a way to uh, assist with TB Okay. And so they would bring them from sea level up to here as long as the ride didn't kill them. Yeah. The, so the majority of the patients are going to come from the Midwest and back east. Okay. Uh, they are required to pay their own way to get here. But once they do get here, all of their treatment will be fully funded. Oh, really? Yes. And this was, this was for merchant marines and also military people? No, is the merchant marines part of the federal government? That would, is that why it would have been paid once they got here? Uh, yes. Uh, they actually had something pre-established, I think, under it was somebody as far back as uh, uh, James Madison or uh, okay. Adams who set up something for merchant marines to have uh, a payment for treatments. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize that kind of stuff went that far back. Yeah. That's cool. And so um, we have a, a lot of restoration work that still needs to be done here. And because we have the dual stories of the military fort and the federal TB, a future project for restoration is we have a 1950s industrial kitchen. Okay. That we're, that we're actually hoping to get. That'll be really cool. Do you yeah. have all the appliances and stuff already? So or? We have some of the appliances, and then you'll see some more of the tin work. But uh, I'll actually show you to a place that we don't get to show all our other visitors. Hey, I like that. I definitely like that. So coming through this counter, the counter has a divide that uh, you can open up both ways, and then there's a door on the bottom. Yeah, we call it like our barkeep door. Okay. And then we're going through a... Double locked door. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. This is way cool. And so did you guys have to put the tile floor in, or was this already here when the TB hospital was here? The majority of the stuff is already here when the TB hospital is here. Okay, so this, is, this was the actual kitchen. This was the actual kitchen and dining room for the TB hospital. 
And we're looking at uh, an oven. It's a huge oven. It's uh, probably six or seven foot wide and, and eight foot tall. It has a door on it that looks a lot like what you see in the pizza oven places. Yes. Uh, and then some other uh, doors underneath. Is that all just a single oven or is it? Uh, my understanding is that is a dual oven. So a dual oven. Two, yeah. Wow. And it's, it's uh, enameled, set in the wall. It's a huge oven. That thing is massive. Yeah. And it says Tony's Bakery above it. It does. I wish I knew who Tony was, but I imagine his food was uh, quite delicious, hopefully. We can hope, <laughs> especially if you're kind of confined to a, to a sanitarium or hospital. You've also got another big stove over here that has burners on it, a big mixing bowl, uh, a huge vent over all of that. Yeah. And it looks like you have quite a bit of remodel that needs to happen, but... You're working on it. How, how, when do you think this part will be open? Well, unfortunately, that's one of the main issues. We are, at the moment, severely underfunded and understaffed. Um, so we just kind of are trying to keep the doors open. And uh, we would love to have volunteers. And, I mean, I would be love to put you to work doing whatever you feel comfortable doing. Wow. If you want to give tours, I'll show you how to give tours. <laughs> if you uh, want to work behind the desk like Mike that you met earlier, we'll train you to do that. I'd probably be better in the helping out in the construction aspect of yeah. it myself. But. Yeah, and I mean, we're, what we appreciate about the podcast is that, uh, you know, we're hopefully getting the word out because the more visitors would come and right. show people how much that they care for our history, then we can invest in it. Well, people missing this part of New Mexico. Well, I, I like all of New Mexico. I've been to so many pretty parts of New Mexico. Oh, it's yes, just, it's fortunate. a phenomenal state. But this area in particular is just absolutely gorgeous. And the history here... Uh, there's just so much history here. There absolutely uh, is. I, I we just worked. did Smoky Bear Museum. We're covering this one, and I'm hoping that I can deal uh, get into the Lincoln County Museum where Billy the Kid all started from. I mean, just and and there's so much to do in this area. Absolutely, outdoor wise and recreation wise. Yeah. So uh, if I may say, uh, Lincoln is our sister historic site. Um, okay. So before you leave here, we'll be happy to give you contact information for them, and awesome. hopefully we can set up a tour for you there. That I'm, I'm looking for that. So, okay, this is actually a lot bigger building than what you initially see when you walk in. Yeah, and uh, that's the, one of the other interesting things is the parts that we do have open to the public are only, you know, a portion of the entire buildings themselves. Wow. This is really cool. Thanks for showing us that. Yeah, you're very welcome. And hopefully other people get to see it sometime here in the near future. You're yeah. able to pull the funds together. I think all museums are, are hurting right now. They are. Uh, COVID really kind of messed, messed up what they were already struggling with. They really did. I, I know that one person put it at a third of museums will close because of COVID. And that is so sad because history is disappearing. It is. So, and it's hard to get history anyway. I mean, accurate history. Correct, yeah. You know, there's so much, uh, so much BS going on out there in the world, and, and it seems like, like truthful, non-revised history is, is getting tougher and tougher to come by. It is, unfortunately. So, now all of these buildings in here are all painted white. Yes. Were they all painted white originally? No, so that would have been when it is the TB Hospital era. Okay. If I can draw your attention to the corner of this building, you, uh, we have a little 
example of how the buildings would have originally looked. Oh, so they would have all been stone. That is correct. Okay, and then they put the the plaster on for the sanitarium. Yes, that is correct. Okay, and th there's also a lot of green. I said every all the buildings are white. They've all got green trim and and uh, green foundations coming up and and some of that kind of stuff. Now, how many people were here when it was a sanitarium? So we have estimations between 200 and 300. Um, Patient-wise, what we're looking at right now is the, we refer to this as the new hospital. Okay. The reason being one of the first hospitals would have been in the back southwest corner of the parade grounds. Okay. And that was built out of the old barracks. That is torn down in the 1930s and this new one is built. Uh, so this building's only been here since the 1930s? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. Again, this is where the original quartermaster would have been before that. Okay. And then they had a power plant right here before we moved the power, started another power plant. So it's been quite a few things before it was the hospital, or the hospital building came here. Well, that's but cool. When the hospital first opens in the 1930s here, it was built to house about uh, 85 TB patients. Okay. And this, is, this building's two-story. It's got a really nice balcony up on top. It has pillars coming down the front. It's, uh, I, I, what would you describe the, the architecture on this? It's kind of a combination of uh, southwest and, and uh, back east. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it's, it's an interesting architecture. Yeah, one of the interesting facts we discovered in our research was at one time they actually had plans of putting a Victorian-style home around the party grounds. Oh. Uh, we still have the blueprints, but the building itself was never built. Really? Yeah. So that's kind of neat that they changed things up like that. Yeah. Okay, so now explain TB a little bit. So uh, tuberculosis uh, will impact you um, one of the terms, you know, it used to be called was consumption. Because right. Because it's eating away at your body. And so to combat that, we put the patients on a 4,000 calorie day diet. Um, That's a lot of calories. That is a lot of calories. On top of that, we um, have them wake up for light exercise in the morning. Uh, but then you'll take a nap during midday. You'll have lunch, take another nap. Then you'll have dinner and then you'll go to bed. So basically a lot of rest and a lot of food. Um, the tuberculosis is consuming your body, eating away at it. So that's why we are putting you on such a high diet. Really? Yeah. And did people gain weight on that diet or did they just maintain? The majority of them simply maintained. Okay. And now is TB a virus or is it a, a, an environmental? Uh, so TB is a bacterium. Um, they, um, it's been around for quite thousands of years. It's bacteria. Yeah. Were they ever able to cure the TB? Yeah, so there are actually three stages of tuberculosis. Once you're in stage one, you will always remain in stage one, but you, you can be like not be able to pass it on to another individual. You yourself may still have it. By the time you're in stage uh, two, you're already coughing up the blood, and that's, the, that's most of the time when we see you and we know that you actually have the disease. Stage three, I think you have a 5% chance of living at that point. It's okay. quite a low percentage, a single-digit percent chance of survival. And now, is it, can you pass this bacteria on to others, or is it pretty much just uh, you've got it, you keep it? Uh, once you are cured in this, back to the stage one, that's how it would be. You wouldn't be able to transmit, send it. Okay. But if you're at the stage two and stage three, I mean, we issue you your own spittoons uh, because you're not allowed to spit on the parade grounds because you could contract it that way. I believe Denver still has a rule about no spitting in public. Right. Yeah, I've, I've, heard of, I've heard of those rules. Yeah. Okay. And so 
What about the nurses and the doctors and that type of stuff? Are they they just take precautions or they do take some precautions? But actually, some of our um, doctors and nurses had already contracted TB, and they had either been cured to the point where they wouldn't pass it on, or they still had it, but they felt obligated to help their fellow man, and so they came here and still would assist. Okay, so a lot of the doctors had TB also. That is correct. Okay. Yeah, I believe they said at one point, uh, one-third of the American population would have had it. Really? Yes. And you only came to these places at stage two, or, or...? We would try and get you in here as soon as possible. The majority of our patients are stage three, so you can kind of consider it like we're a hospice. Um, over 900 TB patients just during the federal era will pass away. Wow. wow. And what's, how long is the federal area? The federal area is about a 40... Plus year span, 40. from 1899 all the way up to 1953, so over 40 years. 40 years, and you only lost 900? Yeah, right, a, a little bit over. I mean, that's a lot of people. I don't mean only, but I would have thought that, that with a disease like that, that, that the death rates would have been a lot higher. Yeah. And so do you guys have your own cemetery on the grounds that these TB patients are placed in? or? Yeah, so they uh, actually, because of the long history, there's about five or six uh, cemeteries in the general vicinity. Um, the TB patients do have their own uh, cemetery, and right next to it, it has been dedicated a New Mexico State, um, if you are a veteran, that you can be buried at the cemetery. So they run right up next to each other. Okay. Yeah. And now the undertakers mm -hmm. and those people, do they stand a chance at contracting this TB once the patient is dead? Or, again, do they have TB undertakers here? Uh, that I'm not too sure of, but I, I, I would assume that is very being very contagious. I wouldn't doubt that people would contract it that way as well. Huh. Yeah. One of the I know that the sanitary situations and that kind of stuff weren't super great in the late 1890s. Yeah, yeah. Interestingly enough, the once this becomes a TB hospital, instead of bathing once a month, at least they're bathing once a week now. Oh, well, that's an improvement. <laughs> that is an improvement. <laughs> but they're coughing up blood and other <laughs> sticky stuff. So. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, they are required to hang up their clothes every evening as well so that the air will hopefully get to them and, um, you know, prevent transmission that way as well. Wow. Okay. And as you can see, um, with, again, with the majority of Americans getting it, we have different exhibits that acknowledge, you know, there are numerous TB sanitariums throughout our country. And then we have ones simply for New Mexico as well. Okay. Yeah, we had one in, in the town where, where we're from in, in Wyoming. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's now a retirement home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they converted it to that, but it was the, the TV sanitarium there for a while. Excellent. Yeah. No, not excellent. Not excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so even though we are relatively obscure for things like our state capital up in Santa Fe, Fort Stanton is home to one of the first uh, elevators in our entire state. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, you mentioned that this is a two-story building. It's right. actually a four-story building. Oh, is it? You have a basement, which is where the morgue would have been, and we actually still have an attic. And the okay. elevator would have ran the whole length of that as so well. So you had a morgue here, here on the facility? Yes, we did. Okay. Yeah, and it's uh, directly beneath us. Unfortunately, we won't be able to see it because Aww. of the asbestos of the building. It's actually been sealed off from the public. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, they still have storage down there or anything like that, or it's just, uh, just sealed off from everybody? It's, we, the employees have access to it if we would need to get down there, but we are 
encouraged not to go down there unless we're full. Is it a little bit? Oh, because <laughs> you could get contract the TB. Uh, well, because we don't want to get the asbestos. That, oh, the asbestos. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So the front rooms we have exhibits that talk about the daily life. You know, it's not just the TB patients and the doctors and nurses. This is going to create a local economy for us. Oh, really? So, yeah. And on top of that, we're trying to be self-sufficient. So in order to maintain that 4,000-calorie-a-day diet, we have our own farm. And we try and grow fresh fruits and vegetables and have as healthy uh, products as we can. For now, the are the patients growing this, or do you have other caretakers taking care of that? It's actually a little bit of both. So if a patient is able to assist, then they would have been able to work. But then you would have had other people as well helping them if they are incapable of doing it. Because I would have thought that would be kind of therapeutic. Again, getting the fresh air and yeah. hands in the dirt. And Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I had a question after I said hands in the dirt. That might not be good for uh, for some of the germs and stuff. But there again, yeah. it's always good to, to ground. <clears throat> okay. And now the flooring in here. Uh, I recognize this because that's what I do is I'm a flooring installer. Is this original to the to this particular building? Uh, I believe this was put in when it is either the state-run hospital or at, at a later date, so post-1950. Okay. Because yeah. it's kind of an orange, I'll tell you what it is, a Seagate or Brigantine by Armstrong. <laughs> 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 I, I didn't know that it was that old of a product. Yeah. <laughs> so... Sorry, I had to take that little sideline. <laughs> okay, we come on into here, and what we've got a lot of different hobbies in here, it looks like. Absolutely. So, um, with the TB patients, you also try and give them occupational therapy. Because okay. Because if you are able to cure them, they want to still be able to work when they leave here. So, we have examples of that. And again, with daily life, you want to keep people entertained. So, at one point, we have a movie theater here. And they've got a big reel-to-reel -reel movie uh, camera. Uh, where was the theater at? Uh, so we'll, I'll show you that a little further along on the okay. tour. It's one, okay, it's one cool. of the buildings that's still here. And they've got a spinning wheel, a sewing machine, a small loom, uh, some theater chairs. Looks like they played bingo, horseshoes, a croquet. Uh, you have mailboxes. And... A baseball uniform. Yes, uh, they actually had their own baseball team, and there's a picture of it up there. Okay, and what did they call them? Uh, I'm not sure if they were the Bombers or not, but I think that's what it was. Okay. Huh. Did they actually run to first base? I don't know if they could have made it that way. Imagine <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> my, my, head, my head takes off down little rabbit holes. Not at all. And, not at all. and seeing a baseball team on a TB facility <laughs> isn't quite registering. <laughs> But that's a neat old uniform. That's probably 1930s baseball yes, uniform. Yeah, 1930s, 20s, possibly, yep. Wow, it says Fort Stanton on the front, has the stripes, and and uh, it's a neat old uniform. The socks coming up to the knees. Yeah, and uh, so an interesting fact is uh, what we have designated for the historic site. Um, the land that it surrounds our historic site is run by the state of New Mexico, but the boundary itself cuts off in the middle of the baseball field. So as an estate employee for the historic site, if I go to mow, I have to stop halfway through center field. Because, Are you serious? Because the other half is owned by the GSD is what we refer to. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to say how ridiculous is that, but I guess it makes your day a lot easier well, when I, you get to midfield and you go, yeah, I don't have to mow anymore. Uh, it's very funny. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, 
Yeah, government makes no sense. Yeah. Okay. Then we come in. This must be uh, the medical room. You. Yeah. Wow, this room's cool. You've got a dentist chair with some old dentist equipment, a really nice dentist cabinet that held the tools. Uh, one of those things. Uh, uh, it says vapor sterilizer. They call them something else, but I can't remember what they are. I'll have to think about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some other medical equipment in here, some test tubes. You've got a Balfour table. What is that? Is that just an examination table? Yes. Okay. And an x-ray uh, machine and an x-ray reader. And then you've got this round tube that is probably seven foot tall and uh, three foot round with glass in the front and shelves. What is that? That's the blood bank. Yes. It says this blood bank was made by the Jewett Refrigerator Company in the laboratory at Fort Stanton regularly tested patients blood and kept a stockpile on hand for emergencies. So that's a refrigeration unit. It is. It is our blood bank refrigerator. <laughs> wow. I've never seen anything like that. That's that's way cool. Yeah, and so one of the interesting facts is a former employee uh, found the majority of this stuff in the basement. So That you're not allowed to go into. That we're not allowed to go into now. But the some of the stuff has still been here, and that's how we've been able to relocate it. That is cool. Even though it's changed so most hands. Of, so most everything sense. in here is all original to the site. Yes, the, the things that we have in the exhibit are either original to the site or for the era. Okay. That's cool. That is. That's way cool. Uh, one of the things I'd like to draw your attention to is we have different types of artwork. I've um, been noticing that. Yeah, so um, those are part of Roosevelt's New Deal under the WPA program. Okay. So what we have here are government contracted artists who painted the pictures and they showed them at the hospital uh, for the TB patients. Really? So yeah. they were they given to the hospital or they just were shown here? So they were actually given. They are owned by the, oh, wow. the hospital at the time. Yeah, there's a lot of different styles of painting, sceneries and, and farm lifes and just lots of different, uh, different types of paintings. This is really cool. So yeah. it's almost an art gallery too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, for us, you know, again, with the majority of our patients from being from the Midwest and back East, uh, for us, it almost represents maybe they're reminiscent of home. Something there you to go. Something them of home. Or... Yeah, because they're not all New Mexico-type pictures. Yep. Okay, and then we come into this little room here. Is this one of the hospital rooms? or? So this is kind of uh, showing what the patients themselves would have stayed in. Uh, a building, or I'm sorry, their living quarters. On the walls, you can see that not all patients are going to be treated in the hospital. They're actually going to have these canvas... Uh, tents and buildings and then later those are converted into wooden buildings so they actually stay outside 365 days a year really and yes. they were staying in tents they were staying in tents and they're, they look kind of like your modern day wall tent is about what i'd equivalent it to yeah and you would have had two patients per structure and there would have been a small stove in between them for their warmth Okay, and then they went from that to building small wood shacks, or I say shacks, small wood houses or, or cabins or whatever. Absolutely. And how big were those cabins, like 15 by 15 or something? Uh, that Yes, they are quite small. I mean, I think we have a rough reconstructed one, Okay, it's as small as almost 10 by 10 is what it is. Oh, really? Like. Yeah. Okay, and they put two people in each one of those. Two people in there and the stove in between. Wow. Okay, yeah, you've got some pictures on the wall here of... Of the different eras, 1902 to 1912, they were intense. 
and then 1912 to 1930, they were just in a square, flat roof box, basically. And then it kind of goes into uh, more of the house, 1930 to 1953, and with a pitched roof and, and wood siding and all of that kind of stuff. Wow. Yeah, I guess uh, I need to do more reading because it says it's 12 wide by 14 long. So I learned oh, something myself. 12 by 14. There we go. There we go. <laughs> This is just so interesting that the whole TB aspect is is very interesting to me. I've not really exposed myself to that much. Yeah. Wow. One of our uh, biggest fundraisers pre-COVID was something we call Fort Stanton After Dark. Okay. And what that is is we have a local group uh, called the Lincoln County Paranormal Society. Okay. And they would actually give a tour of the rest of the hotel. Uh, I'm sorry, the hospital building. So you can go see the second floor and stuff. Do you get to see things other than the second floor, like in the way of paranormal? I personally have never experienced anything, and I'd like your uh, uh, listeners to know if I do, I quit on the spot. Yeah. No! no like here. You're not going to make friends. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> but uh, if you guys wish, we can go ahead and go back there, and I can take a look and show you a little bit about how that sure. works. Yeah, that'd be cool. We've been to a couple of other places that, that claim to have a little bit of paranormal activity. We did uh, a museum up in Deer Lodge, Montana, that uh, was the old prison. Oh, wow. And they locked people in the prison, the old territorial prison, like at 9 o'clock at night and let them back out at 4 o'clock in the morning. Oh, wow. And the lady there was saying that there's some pretty wild stuff happens. Yeah. Do you get a lot of wild stuff happening here? Uh, I personally have not, but we Well, have yeah, had, you're yeah. still working here. Yeah, so. still working here. <laughs> but uh, we have had uh, uh, former employees that have had stuff, and I'll be happy to tell you one of the stories when we go in there. Cool. And then we, during some of the tours, we've had people that will request to leave because they don't feel well. Really? Yes. Okay. And it looks like there's four of us, so when we come back out, let's make sure there's still four of us. Yes, yes. If there's five, we close the door quick. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so this here just basically looks like a regular hospital hall with doors on both sides, like what you'd see in your, in your modern hospital. Yeah, absolutely. And again, when this becomes the women's correctional facility, oh. this is going to serve as like their dormitory and living quarters. Okay, and when did this become the women's correctional facility? So that was uh, from 1996 up to 1999, so very minimal. So only four years. Yes, sir. And how many women were incarcerated here? I'm not too sure. Um, it was actually a real small group, but they actually had some of them eventually working on fire crews, being firefighters. Oh, really? Yeah. And so this was minimum security minimum type security stuff? security for the most part, yes, sir. Okay. And uh, so that uh, group that is, uh, gives us the tours for us, the Lincoln County Paranormal, they lay certain things out. Um, and that has a lot of ghost stories attached to it. Okay. So that's why we encourage our visitors to come back so that somebody like me who does not know the stories, you can have somebody who tell you what you actually see there. I see. You've got a big public-type restroom with four sinks and four bathroom stalls. I guess you've got two of them. Well, quite a few. And yeah. Oh, is there more than just the two? Yeah, we'll actually head upstairs. Uh, some have been torn out, um, but I think there would have been a minimum of Two on each side. So. And were there two prisoners in each one of these rooms, or two patients? And when it was a hospital? Yes. Okay. And these rooms here, are, these rooms are probably twelve by fourteen. And you've got four bunks in this one, but uh, just two people would have stayed. In yeah, each room. And, and it actually changes too. Again, with it being when it was the drug rehab center, 
they change the layout of the rooms as well and how many people are for Okay. So we've gone from TB hospital to women's correctional facility. Now we're into a drug rehab hospital. Yeah, it's been numerous things. Okay. When was it the drug rehab hospital? So that would have been after the women's prisons and about from 2000 to roughly 2007 era. Okay. Wow, this place has a lot of history. It really does. That's amazing. And, and recent history. Oh. I mean, 2007 wasn't that terribly long ago. It really wasn't, no. Huh. Okay. So uh, one of the ghost stories entitles this mirror here. Uh, the people encourage, the people who give the tour encourage you to take your picture and to count the number of people you have standing here. Some people <laughs> reportedly, put, uh, reportedly state that they have somebody else in really? the picture with you. Get my picture here, Steve. Gotcha. Okay. Well, they're all standing by you. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, if you'll care uh, to follow me, we'll head yeah, on up to Yeah, let's head on up. Yeah. That's pretty cool when you, when you get extra people in your, cam in your picture. Right. Now, now, these people that are supposedly... The paranormals, uh, are they from the TB hospital? Are they from the women's correctional facility? Are they from the drug rehab? Uh, I honestly don't know. Um, some people have just seen different things, and I personally assume that it could be any part of the history. Okay, were there women prisoners that died here, or...? I would actually have to look into that. I'm not too sure, sir. Or druggies, or, I mean, yeah, okay. Yeah. So uh, where we are right now is when this is the TB hospital, this is like their um, sunroom. As you can see, right. some of the beds are laid out and they can get more exposure through the sun this way. Right. And he's got a whole wall of windows that are probably 12 inch by 12 inch. And there's uh, five panes coming down each window and there's uh, 15 coming across. So you've got a total of uh, probably 70 windows or so uh, that light up this room. Wow. And what did this have for heat? Uh, so a lot of them have the um, radiators. As and this was from the 30s? This is from the 30s. Some okay. of the radiators are from the 30s. And so it had steam heat then, or hot water heat. And I guess you only need heat a couple months out of the year here. Yeah. Um, probably I would say at least a minimum of four. Okay. And then did it have air conditioning, or did everybody just deal with the heat? Uh, most of the people just had to deal with the heat. Okay. This is so cool coming through this, this building. And again, this would have been an, also a uh, sunroom as well. And, then and it has like, the same types of windows. Yeah, and then they converted the other side to like a little card room at a later date. For okay. Other. And so this would have just been a place where the patients came and sat for an afternoon or whatever and just caught sun and... Yes. Tried to figure out how to get rid of their 4,000 calories. <laughs> Try and get your rest in. <laughs> that boggles my mind, 4,000 calories, and the yeah. body's just... How does the body assimilate that much food and just get rid of it? You know, I don't... I mean, consumption, I understand. I, I never understood what consumption was. Yeah. But that makes so much sense, but it, I'm having a hard time registering the eating 4,000 calories, sleeping three or four naps a day plus at night, and still losing weight. Yeah, and only maintaining it. it. I think it really speaks volumes to what it does. Yeah. So this room here we refer to as the echo room. And, and it does echo. You can it, hear it. Yeah, and so you know you talk at a normal range level, and as soon as you go in here, 
I assume it has something to do with the acoustics and the architecture, but it really bounces off the walls. And oh, it does, just by walking through a door. Yeah, and again, that's something that the Lincoln County Paranormal Group, you know, bases some of their stories off of. So again, really? we can encourage you to come on back. Hello! <laughs> but if you'll follow me, we're going to head to the quote-unquote haunted room. Oh, there's one room that's specifically haunted. Yes. Okay, and as we're walking down the hall, we're passing a couple of more uh, large bathrooms and some more bunk rooms. This building, again, is much larger than what it looks like. It really is. The fort itself has over 80 structures. And I, myself, have only been in probably about 13 of the structures. Really? Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of buildings here. Were they all, were they all used for all the different, uh, you know, for the, the fort and the TB hospital and the women's uh, prison facilities and stuff? Or was this unit here only mainly used for that? So the majority of the buildings on the parade grounds were used uh, multiple times for the multiple things that the fort was. Um, and then, of course, as you build and expand out, you have the different buildings for different uh, needs. Okay. Wow. But here we are at room 201. This okay. is the quote-unquote haunted room. Uh, the reason being is for the very brief period, uh, sometime before this is a training school for developmentally disabled, and that's before the women's correctional facility, this was a mental health hospital. So... <laughs> Okay, so now we got to add mental health hospital in here too. Yeah. Okay, so how much of this do I have to remember when the quiz comes? Well, uh, you know. <laughs> is it A, B, C, D, or all of the above? Yeah. So uh, from yeah. <laughs> from the historical perspective, we emphasize on the military fort and the federal TV hospital, and then the later stuff is not actually talked about, even though it's more recent history. Right. Um, we actually uh, have different reasons for that. Some people don't feel it's appropriate to talk about that stuff now for political reasons and things of that nature. Well, I guess I guess I like to hear all the history, so we yeah. can talk about it on my podcast all you want. Awesome. <laughs> but uh, the reason this room is reportedly haunted is this is where electroshock therapy would have been conducted. Ooh. Yeah. Like uh, uh, lobotomies and that type of stuff or just... Uh... Uh, I, I don't know so much about lobotomies, but to actually hook you up to the electrodes, that would shock your brain uh, to impact you that way. To Bunch of sadistic you. buggers, huh? Yeah, absolutely. And so, how long was this a mental hospital? Uh, so that overlaps with the training school and the state-run TB era. Okay, we're up to G and H now. Yeah, okay. exactly. So The, the training school mm-hmm. and the what other one? Uh, so after the federal TB hospital ends in 1953... It becomes a state-run uh, TB hospital. Okay. And then that will turn into a training school for developmentally disabled. And okay. And then that turns into the women's prison, and then that turns into the drug rehab. So, okay. So hopefully that. And so this here there. was for the the mentally disabled. Uh, so it'd been before that. Before that. Yeah, because the mental health hospital fits in sometime between that. Okay. So there's a, there is a lot of overlap with our historic site. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Steve, you got all this? I did. Okay, good, because you're editing. Yeah. Well, we'll send you home with a little flyer. That we'll oh, that might, that might help out a, a lot. A good timeline will help. But if you care to stand at that window right there, okay. people driving by reportedly say 
that they see a gentleman anywhere from six to eight feet tall looking down at you. Really? Yeah. But I imagine that if I just bring in my visitors and it's time just right and they just happen to look by, that's who's looking at them. But you never know. Huh. Yeah. Six to eight foot tall. Yeah. He must be floating. He must be. He's a big guy. Wow. That is interesting. Yeah. This whole place is super interesting. Yeah, if you care to follow me, we're going to head on down. And then this is the one, one ghost story we have from a fellow co-worker, or former co-worker. Oh, okay. It's a good thing I'm not here. They, they consider me mentally disabled because <laughs> I won't be able to find my way out. <laughs> so, yeah, this, this build, well, this whole thing has just been way cool, but this particular building is just awesome. <laughs> it's, it's kind of, uh, what do I want to say? It's kind of like you're walking through... An empty timeline, uh, twilight zone, yeah. almost uh, feeling as you're walking through here. Yeah. So this uh, staircase that we're going down is the oldest staircase in the building. Okay. Um, a former, two former employees and one of them's daughter was up here with the uh, pet dog. And they came up the steps that you and I came up originally. Right. When the dog got here, it started to bark and refused to go down the steps. Really? Um, yeah, and the daughter was about 13, 12, 13 at the time, and so she walked down these steps. Um, she had straight hair, and it reportedly went like this and came back down. And um, Really? Yeah, they recently moved, but uh, that happened two or three years ago, and for that time, she would never set foot in this building at all. Really? Yeah. So people that do walk down these steps reportedly feel like they are being pushed. So, okay, I'm ready. I want to feel my hair move. Oh, I don't have any hair to move. Linda, if you see my hair move, let me know. Okay. I'll let you know what happened. Okay. Nope, nothing happened. And we're right back where we started. <laughs> okay. So how many people do you have show up to your reenactments and stuff out here on the parade grounds for your military reenactments? The military reenactment, we have had about 5,000 people. Oh, really? Time. Yeah, it's, it is our biggest event, and we try and uh, make sure the visitors have a great time. Okay, now were there ever any real battles fought here between uh, the Native Americans and, and the military? or Not at the fort specifically. Uh, one of the biggest questions we get is how come there is no wall? There actually would not have been any wall around the fort. Okay. Uh, the nearest skirmish occurred anywhere between five to seven miles outside of here. That's about okay. as close. But uh, what the Native Americans would have done is they actually would have come in and just stolen the horses and taken them away. And that, did that happen? That happened more than any skirmish within the five or seven mile range. <laughs> okay. And the... The guy that was here, or that was talking to us when we first came in, he was saying that the purpose for the fort was more to bring the Native Americans in to, uh, do I want to say domesticate or, or something to that effect, or, or what was the purpose of the fort that way? Yeah, so uh, again with westward expansion, in order to get more Western Europeans out here, you want to make it safe for them to move in. So it is to kind of control uh, the local the original people whose land we are on right now. 
Um, so at a later date, it becomes we move their land to where their current reservation is now. The New Mexico's got reservations everywhere. We do. We have uh, reservations, pueblos, everything everywhere. Okay. Yeah, if you want to follow me, we'll go ahead and head towards the chapel. Okay. Now, we've only been through two of the buildings, the barracks and the hospital. And like he said, there is buildings everywhere here uh and you said you've only been in 13 of the 80 that is correct how come curiosity hasn't gotten you any better than that well uh we recently have new management and they uh forbid us from going places that we're not allowed to go so hopefully with the new management things will change and we'll be able to look at uh, other things that we can put out for exhibits i was going to say are these other buildings full of uh of artifacts and that type of stuff we do have a building on site that is our artifacts and collections exhibit and so we would love to you know be able to have the time to go out there and bring stuff out and put them in uh, cases for our visitors to see and then we have other buildings that uh, have tons of paperwork to see if there's any value in there really Uh, about about two years ago we came across one of the um, prison guard uniforms that we don't have that we didn't know we still had so really? We could, so we could put that up as an example of something to talk about that part of the history. So when did they close down most of these buildings as far as nobody going back in? Was that kind of a gradual thing? Like in 1970, this section got closed down because it wasn't being used? or Yeah, so different times over different eras, they do change all the buildings down and start closing them for different reasons. And some of them are reasons why we cannot go in the buildings now. Safety reasons. Safety reasons, whether or that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. I just absolutely love this parades ground and the way you've got everything set up around here and the the buildings all look they, they look old mm-hmm. and like they could use a fresh coat of paint but I actually like it a whole lot better where they they look rustic and like an old fort. Yeah. So uh, one thing I tell you is the majority of the buildings when this is the military fort are going to be single story. Okay. So the second story is added when it becomes the Federal TB Hospital. So uh, building number four here, for example, um, was originally officers' quarters, and then when the second story is added, is it, it's converted into condos for some of the TB patients. Okay. Yeah. As you can see, there's an outcutting on this building number four. Right. They actually had enclosed hallways, so it was possible for patients to travel from building to building without ever having to come outside. Oh, really? Yeah. I would have thought that coming outside would have been really beneficial. I think it would have been as well. Huh. And as you can see, there are doors to nowhere on the top of this building. Right. And I'll let you into that uh, further along on the tour. Okay. That's for the people that had had enough and just wanted to step out. I think so. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's what I'm going to speculate until you tell me different. Alrighty, I'm okay with that. And then you've got some costuming. Uh, it's not costuming. It's probably actual uh, clothing inside of one of these windows. Looks like you've got a child's clothes and one of the enlisted men's wives. or yes. And then one of the uniforms like the enlisted men would have worn. Yeah. That's cool. So uh, one way to distinguish is the... Um 
officers are going to be on the northern end of the parade ground, and all the enlisted individuals are going to be on the southern end of the of the parade ground. And is that pretty much standard? That is pretty much standard for at, at all forts. Mm -hmm. Okay. And is there a reason for that, or that's just the way it was? Uh, I'm assuming it's just the way it was, or for maybe when maybe when the groups of soldiers came in, they knew where to go look for the for the enlisted men or the or the officers. Yeah, maybe so. There huh. might be a practicality to it. Well, I'm going to do some speculation there too. I'm All not right. beyond speculating. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> it provides me a good reason to do more research. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> now we're coming to the chapel. Yes. Actually, the front of this chapel looks very reminiscent of the Alamo. Oh, it does. Yeah. Now, the Catholic chapel originally stood in the very back southeast uh, parade grounds. It was attached to the, one of the original barracks. Okay. That building is torn down in the 1930s, and the chapel is left freestanding. So what they try and do is relocate it to here. So while the uh, back of the building is built in the 1940s, this outer facade is off the original chapel, and it is removed stone by stone and relocated And then rebuilt. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. We also have a schoolhouse over here. Okay. Past that is the occupational therapy for the TB patients. And further past that is the power plant. Okay. And what kind of power did they have? Uh, I'm not too sure. I'll have to double check on that one. Okay. I didn't know if it was coal or uh, oil or wood. I guess you could probably generate with wood. Yeah. <clears throat> this is really cool. You got your bell above the door yep. in a little cubby hole. And the front of this building, like I said, looks very Alamo-ish. Yep. All built out of stone. What kind of stone is this? Do you know that? I believe this is some of the limestone as well. Oh, from okay. that quarry. Yeah, you talked about limestone earlier. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I will draw your attention to the roof, it is, and you can see the hand-hewn woodwork uh -huh. that was put in here. And when he says hand-hewn, he's talking, you can see where, uh, where they have I guess, I'm assuming it's axe marks axe marks yeah in the wood up there and you've got brick walls in here on the inside of the stone mm -hmm. again pre-covid this is one of the buildings we would rent out to the public so if an individual wanted to get oh. married in here we would allow that and that would be another fundraiser for the historic site okay yeah you've got all your pews in here you've got an organ now that organ, is it pump or is it... Uh... That one is a pump organ. It yes. is a pump organ. Yeah. Wow. Piano up front. Mm -hmm. Pulpit. Picture of Jesus yes. healing the blind man, I'm assuming. Uh, so I think that's Paul in the water. Is oh, Paul. Paul who gets, who okay, gets I'm, I'm looking Peter? into the sun kind of. Yeah, yeah okay. Peter. Was it Peter? Peter? I think yeah, it, it was Peter, Peter that uh, took a swim. Yeah. So... Um, this was painted by a person that was here. Again, another part of the fort's history is um, during World War II, we uh, serve as an internment camp for Germans. <laughs> okay. So, we've, been to, we've been to two or three other G German uh, and Italian internment mm -hmm. camps that came from the uh, African front is where it seems like most of them came from that were interred here in the U.S., yeah. or at least in this part of the U.S. Yeah, so this was actually the people that were interned here were uh, before America enters the war. They were on a German cruise liner, and they are off the East Coast, and um, the British are going to capture them, so they scuttle their own ship, and the Americans pick them up. Okay. They're, they're actually originally taken to Ellis Island, 
And then they're taking all the way out to Angel Island, which I'm told is near Alcatraz. Okay. Uh, but eventually their captain finds here, and they be- we have an old CCC camp, which is right across the river. And they go over there, and they build everything themselves. They actually built their The prisoners own- built everything themselves? Yeah, they actually built their own swimming pool. Oh, really? Yeah, at this time they're just known as distressed seamen because we're not into the World War II yet. Okay. It's not until 1941 when we enter the war that we actually then start to build the uh, fence, and then they actually have to stay where they're at. Really? Yeah. But they built wow. their, they, there's a gymnasium over there. Um, it's falling apart, unfortunately, but you can still see the uh, ruins of that, and then you can see the ruins of the swimming pool they built. Okay. In celebration of their swimming pool, they actually had their own little mini Olympics. Really? Yeah. So we have pictures of that, and then one of the things we're also trying to get ready for our public is we have an interview with a um, one of the guards, and he talked about his time here and what it was like to look over there. Okay, we've visited in, in different podcasts, I think, three or four other places that had these POW camps. We visited one in uh, uh, Douglas, Wyoming. We mm. visited one in Phoenix, Arizona. We just did one in uh, in I can't remember what the name of the town was in Utah. Uh, they also had a CCC camp there. But that is an area of history that I had not really had on my radar at all until probably four or five years ago. Yeah. I knew that they had interred the Japanese, but as far as the the European POWs here, that just, it was a whole new concept to me. Yeah. And uh, the very first tour I gave was for, I believe it was FBI agents. And his question was like, well, why would they have them here of all places? And the only answer I could come up at the time was like, well, if they escape, where are they going to go? Right. We're going to, somebody even as far away as Roswell, which is 60 miles away, is going to notice if you show up and you're speaking German and you don't know any English. You're going to stand out. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it it just amazes me that, that I spent most of my life not being aware that we had German POWs Mm -hmm. on American soil. Yeah, absolutely. And. Uh, yeah, it's something that's not really put in the history books at all. Right. I don't know why they've eliminated that. Probably because of all the the German POW stuff uh, takes precedence with Auschwitz and that type of stuff. Yeah, that's very possible. What's interesting is some of my visitors come and they will tell us that some of their towns had the same thing. Right. And the majority of them, they put them to work, either working in the fields and the farms. and Because our soldiers were all over there fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so a lot of the buildings are still made, uh, were maintained and put up for by some of these internees. Yeah. The one that we went to in Douglas, she said that there were 17 different places that they farmed the prisoners of war out to yeah. to do these different works like what you were saying mm-hmm. and she said that there was actually 17 locations in the state of Wyoming wow. that uh, that house these prisoners for, for different work programs yeah <clears throat> which again is quite interesting very interesting so and they also say that they were treated pretty good from, from everything I've heard that uh they were treated very well and, and didn't really mind going out to work a little bit. It gave them something to do. and Yeah, so uh, we actually only had, I think, two, maybe three escape attempts. And one time they found them, and they were actually just at one of the local... We had a waterfall and a, like a little pond, uh-huh. and they found them right there, and they ended up just coming back. Really? Yeah. Huh. 
So building number three is the officer's quarters. Um, as you can see in the picture, it was a duplex at one time, originally split right. right down the middle. Your two doors would have been right where these two windows are. Um, so it starts out as officer's quarters, and then this becomes the medical officer in charge when it's the TB hospital. Okay. Right. <clears throat> Pardon me. Right now it's the BLM who runs this, and they're the ones who oversee the 25,000 acres that surround our historic site. Okay, and they're the ones that have to mow the other half of the yard? They are the ones that have to mow the other half of the yard. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. And, um, that is so weird that they've got it divided out like that. Yeah. One of the things they also manage is called the Fort Stanton Cave, which if you have a chance in our main museum, we encourage you to look at that. And that's just a fascinating experience all in itself. And what's at the cave? Well, we are not allowed to go into the cave, unfortunately, because uh, there's something called white nose syndrome. Okay, with, with the with the bats. Yeah. Right. And but the cave exhibit in there has tons of pictures, a little bit of the history of the people who originally found the cave, and up to what they're trying to do now to try and uh, help with the bat is issue and try and resolve it. Okay. Yeah. Now the oldest building that that has been the least altered uh, is commanding officers' quarters. The front of the building is built in the 1850s, and the back will be added in the 1880s. Okay. As you and can this see, one here is still pretty much all original. All original, for the most part. As you can see, we have a smaller building. That would have been their summer kitchen at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. And a summer kitchen was used in the heat of the summer so that you didn't heat up the house when you were doing your canning or food preparations or yeah, whatever else. They were really popular back at the turn of the century. Yeah, absolutely. You've got a really cool wood bench here. Yes. Made out of, made out of uh, slabs that are probably 20 inches wide. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and hopefully we'll talk about that a little bit. Okay. So as you can see in our picture here on our interpretation panel, one of the things they've simply done is enclose this outer porch. Right. It uh, had pillars on it before. Yeah. Uh, but some of the people in here are famous for their connection to uh, Billy the Kid and the Lincoln County War. Okay. So this gentleman right here is uh, Lawrence G. Murphy. Okay. He was originally stationed here as a Union soldier before he goes over to Lincoln to build his monopoly. And what we do is we encourage our visitors to go sit at the bench because you're roughly where he is. So you can go and have your picture taken and you're a part of history. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's something we haven't really talked about yet with uh, Lincoln County is Billy the Kid. Now, did he have connections to the fort at all other than the, the people that had been stationed here? So uh, he was actually held in what was our jail at the time or the, the, bear, uh, the stockades. Okay. He did spend one night here. Just one night? Just one night. Okay. Yeah. But uh, the other things during the war is some of the soldiers that were stationed out here, and I believe it was Buffalo soldiers at the time, go over to assist in the five-day battle that occurs and that you'll learn more about when you talk probably with Miss Tiffany, I guess, is the one who will give you the tour. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested in hearing about that, too. Yeah. Those those cattle-bearing wars are always kind of interesting. They really are. It's, uh, it's hard to decide who's right and who's wrong. Yeah, in the films we do have, like, the black hats and the white hats, as, as one of my fellow workers used to say, but you know, most, m the majority of the time they're all kind of gray hats. Right. You know, looking out for yourself. As you can see, we draw your attention to the large... Uh, and then the high vaulted ceiling, but the large um, with hallway the wall. here. With yeah, the wall. this wall's probably 10 foot wide coming in. Yeah. 
Yeah, any of the walls outside too are anywhere from 18 to 24 inches thick. And oh, really? Is, yeah, this was one of the buildings that was originally built out of adobe, and then they built around it as well. Okay. So this has some pretty nice large rooms in it. Yeah, the front two rooms would have been parlors. There would have been like a lady and family parlor, and then there would have been a uh, gentleman's parlor. And then. Uh, and what was this room for, or this house? The house, this is for the commanding officer. So this is El Jefe. So it's just one person. One person or in his family. family that, mm -hmm. that's occupying this. Yep. This is a big place. It is. And then the back two rooms would have served as their bedrooms. And then we have a little dining room here. Okay. Wow. And now is that rock work original? Yeah. So this is uh, one of the things when... Again, similar to the paintings that were in the hospital. Right. This is another CCC project. Okay. Um, and then this is... What kind of stone is that? They call it Mexican onyx. Okay. Yeah, and I uh, encourage you to try and touch it. Notice that it should be cool to the touch. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's a really pretty stone. It's kind of a pale green yep. uh, and has uh, some brown and tans with it. This is just a beautiful fireplace. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we do discover as we go into some of the other buildings is how some of the fireplaces are still intact. It's really neat. Wow. Now we come in here, this was? Yeah, so again, when they add this addition in the 1880s, it alternates between either being also a kitchen or living room with the room that is proceeding behind it. And what's the room behind it? It is a quite large space as well. And then at a later date, you can see they add on kind of like a uh, linen. Uh oh, the ghost doesn't want me in. <laughs> we can go around the other side. We, we can just talk about it. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so this could have been a kitchen or could have been a dining room. Yeah, so it could have been kitchen at a later date or it could have been like a pantry. They would have switch locked. The other one is more suited for a pantry and we can go another door and I can show you. Okay. Yeah, this is a, a really nice big area. Yeah. Or amazing how big this house is. Yeah, I was going to go back and look at the bedrooms. So. But thanks for getting me, Steve. Keeping me in um, focus. I saw a squirrel someplace, and I was, I was going to go chase it. You've got an outdoor uh, barbecue pit. Yep. Or, or facility. It's, it's a big stone barbecue. Yeah, I, uh, I personally wouldn't recommend using some of the barbecue pits because they actually built those over where they had burn pits for some of the TB stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, so I kind of oh, avoid some of so those. So you can get barbecue and TB. There you go. <laughs> How convenient is that? We're gonna do it. Well, we might be locked out, gentlemen. That's no, okay, we can look through the window. Yeah. Okay. And again, with uh, wanting more volunteers, uh, we had a very dedicated volunteer who was going to uh, have this set up as well as places to try on clothing. Uh -huh. But this would have been more for like a lady or an average kid or something. So she has her mannequin set up there. That was one of her projects she wanted to have going. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe it can get back on track. Absolutely. That's what we're hoping for. It's amazing how far off track everything has gotten. It really is. You know, and, and like we were saying earlier, it's just so sad for museums. It, well, for any business, but, but museums, I think, have especially suffered because you guys are so dependent upon the tourist traffic. We are. And 
people were told not to leave their house That's two true. years. And Me New Mexico was was really kind of more stringent than a lot of other states. I know, uh, I guess it was around Thanksgiving 2020, as soon as we came into the state, there was something came over our cell phone saying, do not stop, keep on going. Uh, their chance of getting COVID is, is high. And that, I mean, they, it was a strong discouragement from stopping and seeing anybody or anything. Hey, yes, sir. Uh, we were one of the states that had the mandatory 14-day quarantine if you came in, if you traveled out of state. Yeah. So, so uh, this, of course, is a more modern building. This one was built in about 1981, 83. Okay. Um, this is a wow. cafeteria and a dining room. And this was this would have been when this is, again, the training school for developmentally disabled. Uh, another building that we used to rent out to the public uh, for things such as if you had your wedding there, you could have had your reception here. Okay. Uh, some of the local schools actually held their senior prom in here. Really? Yeah. So, and now this one does look a little bit more modern than the others, but it's still kept with the same... Uh, basic concept. Yeah, absolutely. And what would have been here during the fort times? So during the fort times, there actually would have been a building here similar to commanding officers' quarters, which okay. we have a couple pictures, I think, in our main museum. And then at a later date, some of the nurses would have resided in that building as well. Okay. Wow. And this building down here on the south end is just fantastic. Yeah. It's what, probably 100 feet long? Again, two-story. It probably was only one story when it was... Yeah, single story during the military era, and then they had the uh, second story when it's the TB hospital. What that I had to have been quite the undertaking in and of itself, adding that second story onto these old buildings. Oh, absolutely. So what I'll show you here is, as you see under this pillar, we have kind of a split or a... Right. This is where the original end of the building is built when it was first established. Okay. They expand out here. And added about another 18, 12 feet. Yeah, about 1880. And then they add on here at the turn of the century to 1900. Another 12 feet. Yep. Wow, just yeah. kind of kept adding on in length. Now, did they do the same on the other end or just this end? No, they did that same on, on, the, both, on both ends. ends. Yeah. So they added another 24 feet on both ends. Yeah. And uh, similar to the commanding officer's quarters where we were, this is also officer's quarters with a parlor in the front and a bedroom in the back. Okay. And then the top floor is similar layout as that as well. Okay. Wow. <clears throat> and then as I look back across, I see a, a building that looks, is that brick or is that wood shake? Those are wood shingle shakes. Okay. I think they're cedar, I believe. Now, is that a newer building also? Uh, no, that is one of the administration building um, originally. And then when the second floor is added, that's the entertainment building. Okay. And so that is where the movie theater was. I believe it was a 184-seat movie theater. Oh, really? Yeah. And the uh, information panel in front says that they charged a, a nickel for kids and a dime for adults to watch. And if you're living here as a TB patient, where do you get your nickel or your dime? Uh, so, again, with uh, being fully funded, you would have had it would have been provided for you. Or um, at the bottom of that building, they have like a telephone exhibit, so uh -huh. you can contact in, uh, family members, and maybe they could have sent you money if you needed it. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I jumped ahead again, didn't no, I? No, not a problem. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's been so long since I've been able to give a tour that I'm just simply enjoying myself. So oh, good. I appreciate you guys coming out. I'm glad you're, you're, you're doing that. Yeah. Okay, so we just entered a, 
another officer's quarters. Yep. Again, this one's it's got a narrow hull compared to the other stairway going up the other side. Yeah. And we've got several rooms in here that are about 14 by 14, I would guess. Looks like you're in the process of doing restoration in here. Yes, as well. One of the other things that we used to have, and hopefully again that we bring back, I hope that's not getting old on your recording. No, no. Yeah, is uh, we have reenactors for World War II that like to come out here. And the reason they are uh, reenacting something called the March on Rome. Okay. And because of the layout of the area, our, um, just our landscape is reminiscent of that. And so they like to use some of these buildings in here as to weigh... Um, for the reenactment. For the reenactment, because they're like, hey, the buildings would have been bombed. Right. So this is kind of fitting in that area. Okay. And and when he says the buildings would have been bombed, the plaster's kind of uh, dilapidated in here. Uh, it doesn't have ceiling, uh, sheetrock, or... Uh, when you come back in and restore these buildings, do you try to bring them back to original as far as materials and stuff? We do, but we also have to keep in consideration, obviously, the cost, but what era of the fort we want to tell. Okay. So uh, this building 13 is actually a mirror image of the Doors to Nowhere building that okay. is across the way. So at one time, there was a balcony on that other building, but during the drug rehab center, they didn't take care of it, and so it became... Uh, a hazard so they had to remove the stairway from that building over there okay now with that building is since it's divided into four parts you know there are people that are like let's make part of it the officers quarters how it originally was let's make it when it was the condos for the tv a, a right. section there let's leave one section untouched so people can see what it looks like now and then for the final one we still don't know what we want to date it as so when you come in to restore this one, let's say, you're going to have plaster back on the walls instead of like sheetrock. Yes, that's what and, we're hoping And go for. back with the original uh, ceilings and, and all of that type of stuff. Absolutely. That's what we're trying to help. <clears throat> now you've got some plumbing and electric in here, mm -hmm. which I guess would have been brought in during the TV era. Or... Yes, some of it would have been then. Yes, absolutely. Wow. We got the major project that's going on right now for the Ford is they are doing the water line, redoing the water line. Okay. And that was actually put in again uh, probably in the 1930s, and it hasn't been attacked since then. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in the process of digging up, uh, we'll show you in the main museum, they found things such as a medicine bottle, a whiskey bottle, and tons of horseshoes. Oh, really? Yeah. So those are other artifacts we like to show to our public. Again, we have fireplace fireplace in every room yep i'm sure to kind of help keep holy smokes you put a hole through this wall and like you said the wall is 18 inches or better thick mm -hmm. it's got the limestone and did they just fill in the center part with other rocks or yeah so uh this building is one of the buildings that um, in 1861, it was actually set on fire by the Union that were stationed here. Oh, really? Because they had the Confederacy coming in from Texas. Uh, interestingly enough, a firestorm came that night and kind of damped the, dampened the fire. So that's why we have the majority of some of the buildings at the state that they're in. Really? Yeah, we can actually so, show so you. We had, so we had actual Civil War battle so to speak here on this premise also well it wasn't so much a, a battle as so much as uh like we're going to um, get out of, and we're not going to leave any supplies for you oh okay so we destroy our own supplies and then once the others get here there's really nothing for them to have and take and there's no reason for them to hold on to it 
and so they eventually leave on their own. Now, is that an old principle to, to burn everything as you leave? Uh, yeah, similar to... Um, you don't know where I'm going with this, do you? Uh, well, let's just leave it right there. All right. <laughs> I, I was going to say, is it the, uh, the scorched warfare, scorched earth policy? <laughs> I, I was going to a more modern event, but uh, we'll just ah, we'll just okay. we'll just leave it. Gotcha, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, see, so as you can see, you know, here we have what oh, would have yeah. been a kitchen door, and then up here we have remains of where it was burnt off, and then see, they have put adobe over the rock that already has right. finished. Wow. Yeah, you can see some of the burnt rafters and stuff too. Mm -hmm. And a thunderstorm came in and. Shut it all down for them. Yeah, yeah. So I'd encourage our visitors to watch the video too, just, you know, in case you're lost and all the time flames and all the things it's been. The 11-minute video kind of wraps it all up for you. Well, we're probably going to have to go watch that when we get through because I, I think I've got a pretty good grasp of the 15 things it was. All righty. Uh, but it might be interesting to see it put in a different way. Yeah. <laughs> This is so interesting the way that, that it's been so repurposed. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's just amazing to me that uh, it's been so many things. Now, half of this facility is owned by the BLM. Well, uh, half of the outer grounds. Half of the outer grounds. Yeah. And then they rent that one building from the state. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Now, the rest is all our historic site. Okay. I was thinking that it somehow or another got divided down the middle, and I was going, how, how did that happen? Yeah, yeah. Because so the, the BLM's only been established for what, since 1930 or so? Probably so, yeah. Yeah, so the it's the uh, baseball field is actually a good almost three-quarters of a mile off the grounds, and that's where, again, in the middle of the center field is where okay. BLM land starts. Okay, when you said center field, I was thinking across the parade grounds. Gotcha, there. gotcha. Yeah, okay. I, I missed. Yeah. Not knowing where the where the baseball grounds were, I guess, didn't help me any either. Yeah. And uh, one of our famous residents who resided here is going to be General Blackjack Pershing. Okay. He's actually going to be a lieutenant when he's uh, stationed out here, and he'll reside in that one way over there. We refer to that one as Building A1, this okay. corner one over here. Okay. Yeah, and he'll be stationed out here in, I believe, 1887. Okay. Yeah. Now, now, when you say this building over here, are you referring to the white one that we were in, or are you t referring to the adobe, really adobe-looking building? Uh, the one we were in, I'm sorry, okay. this guy. Uh, uh, this, this, yeah. this end. End piece. Yeah. Right. Okay. <clears throat> wow. This is just so cool, and, and, and the tour has been so cool. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, we love to try and, you know, again, with the interactive stuff or asking questions, uh, we're here to uh, celebrate what we appreciate about our history and, you know, learn from others as well and have a great time. I've had visitors that have showed up and they ask how long they stay. And I say people get it done in about an hour and I've seen them stay six hours. Right. So I hope they enjoy Depend on how, how, how involved they want to get. Yeah. Now, I know that, that you said a lot of the buildings were uh, shut down, mm -hmm. but is the whole grounds open to where you can go around and look at the other buildings, peek in the windows and some of that kind of stuff? Yeah, so uh, the grounds are officially open from, I think, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Okay. The buildings that we are in close at 4 o'clock. Okay. 
But, I mean, up until 5 p.m., you can look around and still read all the information panels. And, and you can go look at all 80 buildings. Uh, the majority, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, some you'd actually have to hike a good ways to just to get to it. What they count as a structure is, you know, something like a cattle shed, you know. Okay. And how many acres is this facility? <laughs> I think it's over 1,000, but we'll double check really? with Mike in the main room. So Okay. But, yeah, so um, the commissary used to be here. That was another building they tore down in the 1930s. It was actually originally attached to that building, but part of the roof fell in. Okay. So it fell into somebody's apartment. Uh-oh. So they're like, oh, we got to get rid of that. But behind us we have is what's called the Hidalgo Building. And when this was the quote-unquote mental health hospital, uh -huh. the uh, criminally insane were held in there. Oh. Yeah. What we have done is we have actually uh, repurposed it to a um, kind of like a dormitory. And some of the AmeriCorps kids that have come in the past to help us with restoration projects, they reside in there. So, okay. uh, so uh, needless to say, we uh, have a dark sense of humor putting the volunteers where he wants to help the criminals and say, <laughs> There you go. <laughs> and it's not haunted. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Yeah, we'll just say that. <laughs> okay. Now, the... Um, this is what was referred to as the nurses' quarters. Oh, really? Yeah. Again, the uh, infantry barracks would have been here, and those are also torn down in the 1930s. This is built in about 1940, 1941. Um, any of the nurses that came to help the TB patients would have actually had their own individual rooms okay. in this building here. It's estimated there would have been up to about 40 nurses, or uh, there's 40 rooms, so okay. that many nurses at any given time. And now this building doesn't really fit in the same way that the rest of them do. This one is very southwestern adobe looking, like what you'd see in Santa Fe or Taos. Yeah, absolutely. Or some of those areas, whereas the other buildings look more fort military. Correct, yeah, absolutely. Uh, structure. Yeah, and the gentleman himself, the architect, does the majority of his work is up in Santa Fe. Okay. Yeah. Well, and that kind of explains why it looks like that. Yep. A, a really cool building to have on the on the grounds, but uh, it's just when I when I saw it, I thought, yeah, that one's just a little bit out of place. But sure. But it, it wouldn't necessarily be out of place. That's what they would have been building back in the day residentially and stuff isn't it absolutely yeah off the parade grounds itself where we do have still have some private residents um their buildings uh, resemble this adobe layout okay now over here as you can see we have stairs uh, right and that is the upper and lower terrace so when we had the canvas tents for the tv patients okay. and then the wood structures they would have been over there would have been up there across from across the road from like your museum or your office yep yeah okay and then again with this being the movie theater there would have been a platform here and the projector would have sat in a wooden structure projecting in where we have off uh, of the end of the building yep okay yeah. and it would have been up on a deck i yes. guess yeah okay and right now this is where the state employees have their offices this is on the bottom floor here okay you would have uh, walked up the steps to the left would have been the barber shop and the shoe shine and to the right would have been the I'm going to say 174 seat movie theater. Okay. But he'll tell me on this information. <laughs> We're going to cheat. Yeah. It's a lot of information to have to... 174. Yep, 174. All right. A lot of information to have to try and retain. <laughs> so how long have you been working here? I have worked for the state for a little over three years. Okay. And I was hired as an interpretive ranger, so my job is to do the tours and a little bit of research and then hopefully... 
uh, engage more with the public and trying to get more interactive stuff, such as the Living History Program. Right. Yeah, that's got to be a rough job, planning those kind of events. It, it seems like it shouldn't be that big of a deal to plan something for one day, but it can take 363 days to plan for that two-day event. It really can, yes, sir. <clears throat> it's amazing how much prep and trying to get people to do things or, or making sure they're going to show up it takes to, to make things work sometimes. Yes, it does. So getting there is your stairway. That okay. you would have walked up. Are we going to walk up or? It's up to you, sir. Let's go up and take a look at you it. You got it. Just for the heck of it. It's a wooden staircase. There's probably, I'm going to guess, 25 stairs. And uh, it's pretty wide. It's probably eight foot wide. And then we, okay, you've got a bunch of uh, the chairs in here. and. Yeah, so we own quite a few, the majority of the theater chairs. Okay. But it's not, it's been divided out to where it's not a big open theater anymore. Yeah, so this part is, again, where the shoeshine and the barbershop is. Oh, okay. And then we actually have the wall closed up because we've taken the floor out. But you would have walked in here to go to the theater. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, this one looks like it needs a little bit of repair work done, too. Oh, absolutely. As a, one of my fellow co-workers says, there's always something to do out at the port. Oh, I'll bet. You have quite a, quite a good volunteer base? or uh, We did, and uh, we're hoping to get it back going up. We uh, absolutely love our volunteers and whatever they can contribute. It really kind of makes the place look awesome. And like you said earlier, you're kind of looking for just about any kind of volunteer you can get. Absolutely. Now, do, do you have a lot of, or several contractors or, or carpenters and stuff that help out with some of the restorations and stuff? Or At the current moment, we do not. Uh, again, with it being a state entity and trying to get bids and things of that nature as well, there are numerous factors that come into that. Okay. But that is a, well, sorry, we've got one more building. I skipped ahead of myself. So this is what starts out as... Uh, the jail or the stockade if you okay. will um, and then the front of the building is adobe this back side is of course wood frame added at the turn of the century when it becomes the tb hospital you would have had the uh, dentist's office and the library okay currently this is where we have our artifacts and collections and so uh, i think uh, i saw my curator walking around so she's probably in there today trying to get stuff organized to hopefully set up more exhibits for us cool yeah and now we're back to the beginning. We are. So that is officially the end of the tour. Well, I really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. And help me with your name again. Uh, my name is Javier. Javier. I've been trying to figure That's just, for some reason, isn't working with me. Yes. Uh, I appreciate your time so much, Javier. Yeah, thank you. And is and it Lauren? It is Lauren. Oh, yes, that. yes. Yeah. And it's L-O-R-E-N, not L-A-U-R-E-N. Oh, okay. that, that's the feminine version. My phone can't get that right either. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, yeah. I appreciate your time so much. Absolutely. This has been absolutely fascinating, your wealth of knowledge. Well, thank you, sir. And I don't know how you keep track of uh, 15 different facilities being in here and going through each building and knowing exactly which one's which. Yeah. But you did an awesome job. Oh, well, thank you, sir. And I uh, appreciate all the visitation. So. Good. And uh, I like to finish out my podcast by saying the world is full of wonder. People need to get out and explore. We took 
a short visit around here, you could spend a lot more time here and looking around and seeing things and everybody have an absolutely wonder-filled day. All the rolling go, where am I to go? Meet Johnny, where am I to go? For I'm a young and a sailor lad, and where am I to go?